Welcome to another podcast from Natural Direction. This is Martin Coburn, and today I am really pleased to say I am joined by a long-term friend and business associate, Jim Steele. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, yes. I'm looking forward to this. So, Jim and I have had... Uh, we've got some history together. We've certainly 20, worked together for... five years or it's more? Actually, I was working out before we sat down, 26, 26 years. years we met around the early part of 1994. We did. So we've had some uh, great times together. We had a business together. You would have known from previous podcasts. Uh, we were I was in a business called the SI Group, and Jim, along with myself and a couple of others, were the founding members of that organisation. And uh, we had that for about 10 years, 10 or 12 years. Uh, then we went on and started and doing slightly different things, and we do different things, and we do the same things. Indeed. So we still continue to work together today on certain projects. So I'm super excited to have this opportunity to have Jim on the podcast because he's up to some really exciting and cool stuff. Mm. And I'm intrigued as, uh, as much as anybody to find out a little bit more um, about your latest project, which I understand is called unashamedly yep. Superhuman. That yes. is some title. Yeah, it's a provocative title. And um, I think why, why it works for me is because the key word is unashamedly, whereas you'd think the key word is superhuman. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Um, so tell me more about that. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have a look at it just as generically as a, as a topic and we saw where it came from. Um, and then we'll have a look at it from a few different angles. We might be quite interesting. Um, you know, the word, the word unashamedly superhuman, you know, most people don't align with that. You know, we, we kind of save that title, that label, normally for the top two or three people in society that have crazy achieved something. Crazy people. Crazy people. Crazy people doing got, crazy things. Right. Superhuman strength. They're faster, stronger. They can, you know, they can do mm -hmm. things we can't do. Yeah. Right. Um, so we save those labels for them. Um, most people don't aspire. In fact, frankly, you know, we've spent 26 years, as you said. Mm. Um, one of the common interests we've had is high performance. Always. What causes things to happen at the high end in difficult, challenging circumstances? Whether that be for a leader, a manager, you know, a, a sports person, we've always had a, an interest in that topic. Being curious about how is somebody doing something, right? Exactly. That's the question we're always asking. Correct. What sits beneath Not necessarily that? be in awe of it. No, 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 totally not. In fact, quite the opposite. Right? In other mm, words, yeah. you know, anyone can applaud the magician. I want the process that made it look like Indeed, magic. Indeed, absolutely. Right? And we've always had that sort of pragmatic you know, sense to look mm. for those things that make mm. a difference. Um, so, you know, with this, you know, unashamedly superhuman, you know, people don't necessarily, look, this is the reality I find. People we work with day to day, some people want to be the best in the world, most don't, right? Most, in fact, some don't even want to be the best in the office, right? <laughs> but, but what they want to do no. is they want to do a good Average job. Average would be good for them. Right, frankly, that's <laughs> lofty, right? But what they do is they want, to, they want to get a good job done, they want to be fulfilled, they want to get rewarded, you know? And, and frankly, when I started thinking about this, this concept of unashamedly superhuman, yes, it is without doubt a focus on on extraordinary, right, and what causes extraordinary performance. Um, but it's also equally, and I genuinely mean it's equally relevant for someone who doesn't want to improve their performance, right? right. They want to get exactly the same results they're getting, but they'd like to get home with a bit left in the tank. Okay. Right? You know, it's almost like, you know, achieving the goal and being phenomenally successful is great, but if you're completely wrung out and burnt out, there's always a trade-off. Right, and, and back in the day when we were getting together, back in the you know two thousand, back in the nineties, ninety four, mm. um, it was almost seen as a badge of honour. Right, if you got burnt out, mm. it was like well done. 
right? You meant it. Right? Remember those days well. And if you weren't tired and you weren't worn out and you weren't exhausted and who stayed up the longest and yeah. got up the earliest and run the longest and sold the most. And you whatever. didn't feature. Yeah. You didn't count, right? Yeah. Now, you know, now, you know, with the, with the much more visibility around mental health, right? Um, you know, even I was reading recently about the CEO of Starbucks who's now made that um, an employee benefit. And you go, good. Mm. And, and so it should be. Because it's more evident, it's mm. more obvious. We talk about it more. We didn't talk about it back in the day. It wasn't even a topic. Now it is a topic, but the problem is that the, the triggers for the stress, the you know, the, the the pressure, the overwhelm, that's not gone anywhere. No, it's not getting any easier. In fact, you could argue that it's probably getting more challenging. It's great. Right? The market conditions. People are trying to put you out of business. AI is taking over. There's all these things that are threatening us, um, that are challenging, that can cause stress. Um, you know, and, and my observation is, I'm going, well, what do we do about that? What, what can we try and, what can I work on to try, what have I tried to focus on that will make a difference in that space? So it's almost like the shift for me has been from high performance to corporate well-being. Because it, it, and one of my clients was, was saying that to me about 18 months, two years ago when I started this sort of thinking, um, is it one or the other? You know, you, I, I, I rate what you're saying about high performance, but it seems quite stressful. And, and I thought, you know what, she's got a point. You know, it is more than just getting the job done. It's getting the job done and being well. And, and you know, that's, if I can pause for a second there, because that, that's what led me into, you know, which I know we're going to get into a little mm. bit, this, this, mm. this sort of personal challenge I've been doing, this sports yeah. thing, right? I, 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 I completely relate to what you're saying. I was at a well-being conference not, not so long ago, right. and uh, all the, the stats and the facts and the statistics point to the fact that well-being is actually an enabler to higher productivity. No question. So rather than thinking about going into burnout... Yeah. You know, you actually can be more productive for longer, sharper yeah. of mind, yeah. uh, higher creativity yeah. um, through thinking more about your resources and how you make the better use of your resources, not draining those resources. That's right. So this is a, That's right. a absolutely fantastic and, time, yeah. I think, uh, in our life. That, and I'm, I'm so pleased that so much energy and time is being put onto um, mental well-being. Yeah, you and me both. Look, we've had many years thinking about this without that label. How to get better at handling our response to things, right? Because, you yeah. know, again, the, 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 the situation isn't going to get any easier. So therefore, we have to look at, well, what's my response? How do I genuinely condition myself to feel more capable and therefore... I feel more, I'm well. I, well-being is the ability to not just, not have resilience, because I think, I think the last five or six years, I, I mean, you must have seen this too, mm. I'm sure you have, you know, in, 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 whether it's at conferences or in the work we're doing with leaders, you know, we've been asked to talk about resilience. It's a standalone topic, right? If you Google resi resilience images, you'll see images of things like a flower that's just the last one there in an arid landscape, mm. right? Or you'll see a tree that's bending right over exactly. in the wind and it's going bend the or strains break, right? Of the S. <laughs> right? Yes. Are you resilient? And, yeah. and that's painting a picture of, can you handle it? And that smacks again of the sort of 90s, who's the toughest, you know, mm. who's the... And, and I thought, that's not a good enough metaphor for what we need around, you know, well-being 
And I think I might remove that picture from my deck. <laughs> well, I use it, but I use it purely to, to go, I can't believe this is being used. <laughs> but yes, I get your point. I, I completely, yeah. completely understand your so point. So he's trying to find something else. And that's what triggered me to think, you know, there's got to be a better metaphor than just, you know, being resilient. Resilience, of course, is a characteristic we require, but there's got to be a better metaphor for understanding mm. how do I be, how this, or how. I tell you, I had this great comment about six months ago. Never heard this before. Sounds obvious, right, when I say it to you. But this, he was ex-Special Forces, this guy, and he said mm. to me, there's a phrase we used to use, which was, um, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your training. Mm. And I, yes, and, I've heard that. And yeah, I was like, because normally I go under pressure, you gear up, you yeah. psych up, you went, no, yeah. no, that's just energy. Mm. Your performance will be a result of how well you're conditioned to respond. Yeah. And I thought, that's, that's that in there so somewhere. That is so applicable to business. It's so applicable to business, right? Yeah. And, mm. and to well-being mm. and high performance, mm. because that's saying the same thing. Mm. As long as I know, because I, I, I went, yes, train what? Mm. See, I know how to train a skill. I know how to train a, a you know, a capability. Mm. It's, a quite pra- it's quite a logical process, of course. But how do you train this mindset thing then? Mm. I mean, genuinely understand how to develop it. You know? So your, your, your deeper exploration mm. of these ideas and human strategies, yeah. uh, not just around well-being, but performance more generally, yeah. was triggered, I understand, by well. waking up... <sighs> Some well, I don't know. It was eighteen months ago now, Jim, and you suddenly thought, "Hey, I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm not just going to go for a run for this morning, but yeah, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to do an Ironman." Uh, yeah, right? I, t- I tell you, it's uh, yeah. I, I did I did wake up. It was just it was two years ago. In fact, was it two years? Ago? It was, was yeah. It, it was two, yeah. yeah. So two years ago in April. So coming up now in about a month. So not, you know, twenty three months ago. I'm going to show you a picture. I know that on a mm. podcast that makes no sense, right? But I, I'm I'm to be I'm showing you this picture. <laughs> so this is me at a party almost two years ago. I'm the one with a cigarette. The big, glass, the big glass of red wine, and what can only be described as man boobs, and a reasonably I, I decent can confirm gut. That. I can confirm <laughs> no, it. Is, no. that, is that me standing it, looking it, very it's slim? It's not, but he looks like you. Yeah, he looks like you. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, a reason I, I look, I'm never going to use this at a, at a conference, right? But I show it to you because it, just to emphasise, this is not a before and after story, right? This is this. I had no right. This is an after-after story. This is an after-after, yeah. 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 I had no right setting this objective, was my point, because that's where I was. I literally remember very clearly, just for my 54th birthday, get out of bed, creaking as normal. I've had three knee operations in the previous 12, 12 to 18 months. I've, seen, t- I've seen you, I can confirm that. Double disc fusions. Has a few challenges. Yes, yeah, six-inch rods. Physiology. Yes, two six-inch rods screwed into my spine. Just wear and tear, right, through whether it's training, whether it's just life, whatever. It doesn't really matter. My point is, my start position two years ago was, I, I sh- there's no way I should be setting this objective. So why did I do it? Because I was getting up thinking, ah, oh, you know, what would it be like if I could be just normal? I, if I could just get back to normal, that would feel good. I just feel like I'm always aching. It's always a bit of pain. And, and nothing, nothing, I, I'm, it was nothing intense. It wasn't that bad. It's not, I, I had no problem. It was just a general sort of feeling, not good enough. And I thought, I need to really re- I need to set the bar at a level that is so ludicrous. I am going to have to go and find some new things. Hmm. That that would, hmm. and, and, this is, and I had no intention of putting this in a speech, putting it on Facebook. This was a pure journey that I wanted to go on to provoke myself because I thought the state my knees are and my back is in, it's going to be a nightmare in ten years' time. I thought I've got to find a way, and I'm not getting it through the, the sort of traditional forms. 
I've got to find a way to really, you know, upskill. And up, I was listening to one of your podcasts recently, um, and Peter, Peter, Peter Nolan, talking about yeah. game two. Game two. No, I knew I How didn't. Can it be twice as good. Right. So I didn't know the concept, but I think I was going through one of those thought processes. I didn't want to be a bit better. Game one plus. No. Right. I, I wanted to be. I wanted to set the bar mm. so high that I don't even know if I can get there, but surely along the mm. way it's going to be useful to me. That's right. I mean, that, that yeah. whole concept is as soon as you start asking the question, how can I be twice as good, yeah. you start looking for ways to be twice as good that you right. didn't actually realise that were there. Right. And you start looking for what Peter describes as though delta moves. And right. it's fair to say... Yes that over the last couple of years, you've found some delta moves. I've found some delta moves. Yeah, exactly right. And you're right, you're right when you say, as soon as you set the, the outcome, if you mean it, if you genuinely go, I'm not just setting this up as a, as a, to provoke myself. I absolutely am going to do you're this. You're committed that's, to doing that's it. It's different, yeah. yeah. Um, suddenly, your reticular system gets triggered. You know, it's like, you know, we use this hmm. example many times. You buy a new grey Audi. You know, what do you see everywhere? Grey Audis, hmm. right? So we know how this stuff works. Suddenly, I started to notice things. And you mm. go, is this a coincidence? Well, probably not. Um, happy coincidence. Bumped into a few people, read a few books, started to get some intel on things that really start to make a difference to me. Not mm. just physically for this triathlon. Ask a share. So what are some of those things that you... Yeah, you've well, tell me one. I, mean, but, but, but I think it would be, first of all, just to, just to not to make the assumption here that, yeah. um, that Jim has been a speaker on the subject of, uh, as I have been, but I think Jim has definitely taken the, the march on speaking at conferences mm. on personal performance, and that is the background. Yeah. You know, how can I be better? How can I have a more fulfilled life? How can I make the best version of myself? And and certainly working at the upper end of the game. Mm. So someone who is good, how can they move to great? So that that's the background. That's right. The, that's the backdrop. Yeah, thank you. So, so that's that's to, that's yeah. my client. That's my focus in business. So there I was going. What I'm saying is you're not a PD personal development not coach in, no. in the it's more corporate it's purely audience, corporate purely I corporate. don't do any work outside of the corporate sector like you you know I don't have anything online when I'm trying to I don't sell to the the, the, the consumer to the market. consumer not business it's, to consumer business, it's to, business, business. business to business right yeah. okay and there's nothing right or wrong about that it's just where my focus well, is well I, I think it just right. makes the tone of what we're talking yeah. about here even though unashamedly superhuman might sound a, a bit, bit kind pe- of yeah, it does. You're right. What we're talking about here is how do we apply some of these strategies and what are these Correct. metaphors that you've learned yeah. and apply them in a corporate setting. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So so the you know setting up to do this this Ironman triathlon. I mean again, it was such a ridiculous leap from where I mm. was and it wasn't like you know we talked this before. It wasn't like I've been doing triathlons for the last mm. 10 years. And just so the audience uh, uh, get a sense of that, we just explain to us what does that actually mean <laughs> in terms of what you will actually be doing. Yeah, so in about eight weeks' time over in Houston, um, in Texas, um, it kicks off around 7 a.m., you do a 2.4-mile swim, open water swim, get out of the water, hop on your bike for 112 miles. It's going to be quite hot, I think, as well, which won't yeah, make you, any you easier. You picked a nice, warm, cl- I, a nice I, I, cool I climate. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Not don't want to make it more difficult for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then you jump off the bike and then you run a marathon. You run a marathon. Yeah. Wow. So it's, that's incredible. It's, in, yeah. in, in, and, the, and the sort of duration of that? It's looking it like, I think, it, time, I think 12 hours would be an absolute result for me. Because, wow. look, again, I'm not gearing up to this having done many. That the is last some time I, ask on the body. It's, it's a big ask. You know, it's, um, in fact, I was, you know, I was interested. I was listening to a, a podcast this morning when I was training, funny enough, a guy called Steve Magnus, who's um, he's sort of head of physiology 
as it happens to be at the University of Houston uh, in Texas. And he trains all sorts of endurance athletes. Mm. He's an ex-endurance athlete himself. Um, he's just written a book, in fact, called Peak Performance, funny enough. Anyway, um, but he was talking about, uh, he said the reason he was interested in Iron Man, he said, is because there's two things that, that don't make sense. One, he said, um, physiologically, it's not possible to do one without a tremendous amount of strategy and support because you can't, the, the, the glycogen levels in our system couldn't cope with it, right? Got it. So it's not, you can't just get up and go and run it. I mean, you could probably get away with a marathon if you had to, mm. all right? And you'd fall over at the end, but you'd probably get away. But you said you can't do this without some other strategy. So that's physiologically. He said psychologically, it's not possible to stay focused for that long on, the, on one thing. He said, he, he said it's just, it just makes no sense. So therefore, the whole thing becomes about, you know, intensity, suffering, mm. pr pressure, stress, mm. which just coincided with, you know, what we do. I wanted to find the, out more the, about that. The mental that. conditioning you need to do for yourself in order to be able to get through that. It's not enough to be hour. physically no, fit. No. That's the point they make. It's not a natural thing to be doing. It's not a natural thing to be doing. And, and no. because it's only once I'm doing this, mm. this is what this is the other mm. point that I'm trying to make to myself. Mm. I'm not getting into this. Mm. You and I ran the London Marathon in the year 2000, mm. right? You, you went back the year after and yeah. did it. I yes. didn't because I was in a bit yeah. of a state with my back. Yeah. But I, didn't. I mean, that was a more sensible age to be doing it. That was we, were, we, were, we, were, we were 40 and wanting to prove <laughs> a point. We were, right. we were getting overweight and over the hill. There's, there's no need but, now. I mean, to come at it at, what, 50, 55 now. 55 yeah. now. Yeah. That's, that's a little crazy. Well, there is no need to do it now. That's, that, but, 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 but the need for me when I set the objective, again, because it wasn't overt, I wasn't yeah. talking about it. Yeah. It was just that I thought I need to do something now to set myself up for my 60s. Okay. Or I might be in a bit of a state, right? Anyway, okay. so, so it's kind of like a hefty goal. Yes. You've got to look deep. You've got to look in your side and yourself. All that. You've, got, you've got to come up with something different. And what, all have, that. what have you learned? So what have I learned? And, and, and what I've learned, more interestingly to me, because professionally, you know, even though I set this up for my own personal thing, I'm inevitably going to think and talk about some of the things I'm, I'm experiencing, right? Because that's the nature of how we operate. Um, I came across this book by a guy called Scott Carney called What Doesn't Kill Us, um, which, you know, the title kind of suggests what's within the book, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what doesn't kill us makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. It's cliche but familiar with. But what, more, what grabbed my attention was on the front cover, it talks about this guy called Wim Hof. It was this Dutch guy. Mm. He, he's an adventurer, an extreme sort of athlete, I guess. Publicity, hungry, you know, um, novelty act to some extent, by his own admission over the years. Um, but he was coming out with these big claims that he'd learned this strategy for controlling the autonomic nervous system, mm -hmm. right? Our fight-flight response, how we control our cortisol and stress levels, how we manage our re reaction to pressure, how we control our immune system. I mean, some big claims coming out of Holland, right? Unbeknownst to me, of course, but Scott Carney's an investigative journalist, picks up on this. And his role, if you, if you ever look into his work, is to debunk people right. who are in, well, the personal okay. in the personal development space, okay. claiming to be able to change the world for you, just give us your money. His role has been to look at them, bring them down cults, that kind of thing. I mean, serious journalist. Okay. So when I saw the fact that you'd written this book, and on the front cover it says, how freezing water, extreme altitude, and environmental conditioning will renew our lost evolutionary strength. Two things got me there. One, the external, the extreme conditioning, the environment, right? You know, the, the, the need to respond to difficult situations, right? And how you respond to it isn't by getting more skills, by developing yourself even further. 
it says by renewing this lost evolutionary strength. So when mm, he was inferring, that's fascinating. yeah, exactly. So Is tell it, me a bit more about that. Right. So this, so it's a bit like what's I mean, at the heart of Wim Hof's strategy? Right. The heart of his strategy is. But can we just clarify what does he do first of all? Because we need to actually explain that. I yeah, think it's something to do with ice, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, his, he's called he's the Ice Man. Ice his, man. his metaphor is, you know, he's learned how to, how to regulate his, his immune system and his, his automatic response to cold, right? So, you know, and there's been, look, there's a tri- it sounds a bit flaky, right? And it did to me. But the data on it, he's been to Radaban University, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've poured over this guy, yeah. right? And, and they've rewritten the, 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 the books in universities on how our brain works. This is a serious piece mm. of data. Um, so, you know, so he's just learned by, by, through time, right, to handle the cold well. Let's call cold stress or pressure, right? Um, you know, he can go out in situations and his body re-regulates. Now, that's no use to me or you, unless we're gonna go out and do the same thing. Mm. But the metaphor is, he said, I'm just triggering a system that's already been there. That, already none there. Us, mm. that none of us, frankly, even need to go, in terms of handling cold, look, you and I and everybody else listening lives, will live our life at around about one or, degree, one or two degrees shift in temperature. We'll move from an air-conditioned property in, in summer right, to an air-conditioned car, and then the winter it gets heated, and, and our body doesn't go through much you know, deviation. Right? Now, him, for him, he's gone, I've learned how to handle the extremes of cold. And you go, Which so, we would have been subject to back when. No question about it. We were walking it. around, you know, and we had, we were walking barefoot, we were walking without any yeah. clothes, without any heating, we were outside. So what he's saying is it's, it's already there as part of ancestry makeup. Right, exactly and right. And it's free. And it's free. You've got to tap into you've it. You've got to tap into it. And he's going, you know, because you could go, well, so what? I don't need to tap into it. I don't live the life you're talking about. I have a comfortable existence. Our goal has been, as a species probably, to find comfort, not find pain. I'm quite happy sticking a coat on and sitting by the fire. <laughs> right, right. So, so we've conditioned ourselves that that's, what, that's the desired outcome. Um, and therefore, we don't test ourselves physically. Now, the problem with that is now, and this is where the book sort of goes, if you look at um, stress, pressure, anxiety, mm-hmm. mild depression, we've lost the ability to cope our, our, our immune system, our n- nervous system, isn't able to handle the, the amount of stress and pressure, the cortisol, mm. right? What he's found is this strategy for how to regulate that. that that's, mm. that's interesting, you know, mm. that's, and he's kind of rewriting the books. And you can look at lots of examples of this, and he's just one example I looked at. Um, you know, when you look, we've talked about um, Alex Hanold, the, the film yes. Free Solo. Yeah, right? amazing film. Amazing Absolutely film. amazing film. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who you go, he's superhuman in what he does. Wim Hof is superhuman at staying out in the cold, right? Mm. Alex Hanold is superhuman at climbing mm. 3,000 foot wall with no ropes. Right, and when you, when I looked at them both, the common denominator was they both had CAT, CAT scans and MRI scans, and they both were tested for amygdala activity. Right, in other words, both of them had very low amygdala activity in I these. Watching that in the film, right, in yeah. these stressful yeah. situations yeah. like climbing the wall without ropes or mm. being out in the cold, they don't get much amygdala activity. Therefore, their nervous system isn't flooding them with cortisol and, and, and adrenaline. Therefore, they're handling pressure well. Mm. That's the, the, the mm. metaphor. They're handling the external trigger stimulants. Right, yeah. so they can then access all their skills and resources mm. to go and perform well. Mm. Now I'm going come back to the corporate world. We've got all these triggers that, are, that, that can affect our fight or flight response, our stress reaction, all right? 
literally not just a psychological level, at a hormonal level. You know, if you're getting more cortisol than you're getting oxytocin, it doesn't feel very good. Mm. And that's fine for like 10 minutes a day. Mm. You know, back in the day when we're you know, running away from a velociraptor, right? Mm. You don't want to Sharpen to thinking temporarily, right. that's fine. That's Too much fine. of it, not good for you. Yeah, in the moment you don't want to stand there going, you know, what are my options? You, you want to be in fight or flight mode mm. and, you want to, and you want to get out of dodge. For most of us, we want to stay in the frontal cortex, think clearly, have access to our resources, and then get a job done well, mm. and go home feeling resourceful. Mm. What these methods that these two individuals started to you know, make clear to me was they had a, a way of handling, really handling intense amounts of, of, mm. of, of, of stimulus, yeah, of, of yeah. trigger. I mean, these are doing, right? I mean, the, in the Alex uh, film in Free, what's it called? Free, yeah, Free Solo. Free Solo. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, is is absolutely. I mean, besides being beautifully stunning, oh, um, uh, cinematography, it's absolutely mm. incredible. Yeah. You know, he is literally hanging on with his fingertips, yeah. three thousand feet up. I mean, to stay Remarkable. calm, knowing that every single move yeah. is a is a, a possible death move. Yeah. To be able to have your resources under that control in those circumstances is phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I certainly, for one, was looking at that, thinking, well, that puts in perspective some of the regular stuff that happens during the day. You know, how can you, how can yes. you take those strategies and even apply a small element of it right. to usual work stuff? Right, and that's almost part of the, the metaphor of if you, can, if you can learn how to handle the fight-flight response in those situations like he's done, he's probably not going to get stressed over things that most people get stressed over. That part of his life has enabled him to become better at regulating the cortisol in his system, right? So, you know, so you could go, well, therefore, part of our challenge might be to set goals that stretch us and challenge us. I don't, I don't want to push that. You know, I'm just saying these people have a way of regulating, you know, the fight-flight response to, to handle the pressure of their day. And I'm going, and we have exactly the same system. Mm. That must how point. are they doing it? So how are they doing it? Well, twofold. One, it's, it's, a, it's Alex Hanold, he probably doesn't know how. He's spent... 20, 30 years climbing, and the last eight years preparing for that one climb. And through a, you know, through a process of gradual, you know, um, yeah, so what's that phrase we use for the, the, the cycling world? Marginal, marginal gains. Marginal gains. So just looking at simple things we can do on a daily basis to, to gradually get better at something. Alex Hannell, I think, through time has just become, if you look at the film, he talks about visualizing, looking at every single point, to the point where he has no fear. When he, did, when he chose not to do it in the film, he said, I just didn't feel right. It, it seemed scary. And that's not a feeling he experiences. Why? Not often. Why? Because when he conditions himself with the, 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 the amount of preparation he does, he becomes less and less fearful. So you have access to his skills. Wim Hof, he's just learned this breathing technique. I mean, literally, it is a 20, 30-minute process. You can, if you're interested, Google him. Or Wim Hof. He's got an app you share with me He's got well. an app, yeah. You it costs you nothing. It's, it's free and it's on there. And, you know, look, if, we, if I said, you know, if we're talking about remaining calm under pressure, we, we all know, take a few deep breaths, right? We all know the, generally, if you breathe in a more resourceful change, way, there's yeah. something mm. in that, right? He's, he, and not just him, I've seen a lot of top sports people using exactly the same technique he's using because they've got it from him. Um, he's just got this process. It takes about 20, 30 minutes of, of causing yourself to breathe in a slightly hyperventilating way, which ends up triggering your fight or flight response whilst you're sat in a room going, there's no need for that because I'm totally, there's no threat here. So your brain then just re-evaluates. Mm. When you get a bit of adrenaline, there's no need for cortisol. So hormonally, you go adrenaline and you get some oxytocin. Mm. So adrenaline kicks in, heightens your awareness, 
fight or flight, and then you get the oxytocin, then you handle it well. He's just got this process, which takes, again, 20, 30 minutes a day, where you condition yourself to manage that regulation, mm. to manage how your fight-flight response works. Mm. So I guess people listening to this might be asking themselves, well, you know, I'm not likely to do any major mountaineering uh, <laughs> yeah. so soon. Yeah. And I'm uh, certainly not going to do an Ironman nope. and I don't fancy dunking myself in ice water. Fair enough. Where does... In that case, where, I've got nothing for you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> switch off now. So, well, what, but we both know there are some direct lessons. Yeah, and it, it's, as, as you said, coming back to your, your original point, yeah. this is not um, necessarily about being superhuman yeah it's about applying lessons to everyday life so where do we feel that we can yeah. people can apply these things where's the relevance yeah to it's, them? it's how yes exactly right it's how can i condition myself so that everything feels about 10 percent more manageable i think that's where i'm going with this it's not about trying to change everything it's not over promising that it's going to solve all our problems but if we've got some stress if we've got some little anxiety and there's some pressure in our life what can i do almost that's not connected to the issue that just enables me to get just better at generally handling stuff and 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 also i would say that you know there are there are people listening to this that i mean we all do this to a certain extent you know we 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 have a comfort zone we reach that comfort zone yeah. we don't see ourselves beyond that comfort zone yeah. and that might be for one person going for a promotion or putting their hand up to run a project or, or doing a talk or or running their own business or whatever mm. it might be or going for a promotion. So we, as much as it's, it, it, it is about, I think, hearing you say, it is about giving people the strategies to say, is there a way mm. that I could take some of these ideas to get to help myself get past that yeah. so-called stress yeah. that needn't actually be there, yeah. get beyond that, who would I be without the stress? Who would I be without this yeah. supposed pressure? What would yeah. I do? Yeah, and I think you're right. And I think, I think the key is to go, look, stress in and of itself, the stressful situation isn't the problem, right? So, you know, keep the stressful situation because that's not going to go anywhere. So, you know, one of the questions we often ask, we've we talked about potential before, you know, how do you tap potential? What is that? You know, if you ask some of the questions, it's just an abstract question, how much potential are you currently tapping? Mm. Whether you're thinking 60 or 80 or 24%, I don't know how you can get the number. Mm. But, you know, you can, I, can, I, can, I can guarantee one thing, no one's sitting there thinking 100%, right? No, no one's no. ever thinking, I'm tapping it all, I've got nothing left to offer. So, so I always start with that question. If, if you go in, there's, there's potential to be had, how do you access it? Now, we've, again, talked about skill set mindset you know knowledge skills and process times mindset equals performance there's an aspect of, of how we perform that's relevant to our state of mind but what is that how do I get a hold of a bit of that um, and I think if I were to try and simplify you know handling the pressure the stress the social circumstance you might have heard I'm sure you have heard of obviously the flow state so yes Kylie Chick sent me high years ago talked about getting the balance right between the size of the problem and your capability and if you can keep nudging those two things, that's how you grow. Not not going into the panic zone. You don't want to go too much. Out of the comfort you don't zone. want too much problem for your skills, right? It'll overwhelm no. you. Yeah, you yeah. don't want too little problem for your skills because yeah. you get bored, right? Yeah. But how do you get in this flow state? And you know, and how you get there is you've got to find something that's challenging. So that's that's the stress, and build your capability to handle it. So it's all about getting a little and. You know, this unashamedly superhuman that I'm, the, the model that I'm working with is about getting stronger, smarter, and better, right? Right. It's about not wishing things were easier. It's like Carol Dweck's book on the growth mindset. It's going, find something that causes you to get stronger, smarter, and better. Mm. Utilize that, that challenge, that positive stress 
to get better. That's, that's kind of the game. Mm. You know, it's almost like trying to find an adventure in the problem. The problem is the problem, and you know, we can't get away from that. But where's the adventure in there? What, what is it about it that's causing you to feel there's a purpose, mm. there's a sense of growth? Mm. You know, and, and whenever you look at people, any, any walk of life that really are pushing through the, the challenge that they face, you always come back to that. This sort of this underlying reason, you know, the find a big enough wine, you'll find a how, all that kind of stuff. And I've certainly, you know, you know, I've been challenged by that, even with this crazy. Iron Man thing, you know, last year when I got injured, you know, I was supposed to have done this last August, as you know. Yes, uh, yes, right? that's right. I think it was, uh, you know, uh, worthy of a mention. You were, you were literally three weeks, I think, four weeks <laughs> out. After a year's uh, training. After a year's yeah. training and uh, no alcohol and all those disciplines you that's put in place. Thing. Yeah, cancel that for and, you. Um, and then suddenly, you know, a, 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 a lorry, I think it was, wasn't it, uh, I, took you off your bike into I, a verge and... Just went down into a ditch face first and, uh, yeah, next thing, you know, ambulance hospital and it was all a bit of a, bit of a disappointment, frankly. <laughs> and a, and I, I, could, I could have done without it. But, and at the time, you're kind of going, oh, three weeks out, you know, is that is that it? And I thought, no, well, of course it's not it. And I, mm. I never thought that for a minute. Of course, you did. You did introduce me to uh, Super to, Satan. To Satnam. 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 Satnam the, uh, yeah. Satan, I think. Satan, as I call him, yeah, because yeah. the pain he inflicts. That's yeah. right. He was just the most amazing, uh, you know, physiotherapist, holistic. You know, he takes a osteopath. A, a osteopath. Yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. Coming at it from a number of different angles, um, and you know, honestly, I mean, I can I can look back since that was like July. Cancelled the triathlon in August, reset it for April. I've learned some things through him that has caused me to go and look further into physiology and bio, bio, um, biomechanics mm. that I, would, I didn't know when I was about to do this last July. I would, I'd have done this in July, August last year, and I think would have been far worse off for the experience. Mm. Whereas now, having had the injury, so look, that's just about mm. you reframe, you go back to why you're doing it. You know, and you, you dig, the purpose never changes. Mm. You know, the, the why's always I there. think I reflected on what uh, I read, the, something that Branson said once, is that, you know, it's not the actual goal itself. It's who you become yeah. as the, through the achievement of that goal. It's what you learn about yourself. Um, and that's clearly what you, I mean, what you have done through this process. So is there, are there any other things that you've um, uncovered in this journey that might be useful to share? Well, I mean, again, and look, I, if I'm talking about specifically the, the, the physical challenge that I'm going through, then only relevant if you're doing the same mm. challenge, right? Um, you know, Tony Riddle, worth mention, the barefoot runner, you know, this, this September just gone by, ran the length of the country, 30, 30 marathons in 30 days barefoot. That's a ridiculous wow. thing. That's an extreme thing to do. Mm. I have no desire to move in that direction, but you've, you've, you find the information you need for your challenge. Whether mm. that's business or not business, my challenge might have been my knees, right? I'm never going to get this done because of the state of my knee. Well, I learned through this that if you work different areas of your body, like your feet and your ankles and your hips, all the pressure, you change your running strategy, the pressure doesn't go through your knees. So there's, running doesn't make your knees bad. Mm. That was a revelation to me. Right, that's a, that's a new piece of information. Running does not make your knees. It has no. Most runners like me, it's got, would, I've yeah. gave up running because my knees. Well, similarly. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, so when I so if I, so when you. That's why I got on a bike. Well, of course, <laughs> and it doesn't matter yeah. unless you decide to run again, right? So I because I when I want to do this triathlon, I give up running because of my knees. Well, therefore I can't run. Well, therefore, but that's one option. Now, if you're going to run, you better find a different way to run. You, now you've got to start looking, to your point mm. earlier on, you start mm. looking for new strategies. Mm. You know, so, you know, the, the specifics of how, you know, I'm interpreting this information, 
are only, only, only relevant if you're doing this particular challenge. But the metaphor is, to your point, you've got to go looking for things that mm. you otherwise, you know, the current, the game two mindset is looking for things that you haven't noticed yet. You know, that, that's, a, that's an interesting conversation to have, you know. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, Peter always says, you know, what's the best way to catch, uh, best, best, way, best way to catch fish is, is go fishing. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the best way to catch more fish? You know, stay fishing longer, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you have to go looking for it. You're yeah. not going to catch any fish unless yeah. you go fishing. Yeah. So decide what it is you want and then you'll find the strategies to meet that, uh, yeah. that, particular, that particular goal. And, and then when you bring it back to the corporate sector, you'll bump into things that you know that you've done before, mm. you know, I still talk about vision, right? You know, it all starts with, you know, if I have this simplistic analogy of, around content, yes, have potential. Yes, you, you, you scope out the challenge and the circumstance that's difficult and demanding. And then the whole game is about not just reframing, you know, but really trying to kind of take some more meaning from this particular challenge. Where is the growth? How do I get stronger, smarter and better? And then you're into, well, what is the vision? What is your ambition? You know, getting clear around that, you know, I talk about ready, set, go. So ready is about clarity of ambition and vision, direction. Then you get into mindset and beliefs and you go, mm -hmm. you know, around mindset, you know, I haven't asked people to think about, think of a time when you absolutely set your mind to do something. Mm -hmm. So when I say mindset, I'm not just talking now about emotional state, that of course is in there. But think of a time when you set your mind to do something. What was different? Mm. You know, what were the parameters that started to get challenged when you went, no, this is a must happen. And you set your mind to it. And, and all sorts of things start to change then, obviously. Um, and then you get into the final phase, which is around activity and actions. You know, what are the disciplines? What are the habits that need to be reformed? I mean, for me, to go and learn how to run differently was ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, look, swimming, cycling and running, we learned when we were like toddlers, kids, right? Suddenly to go and completely change how you do that yeah. was a stretch. I'm just trying to think about the... the people listening to this thinking how would I keep myself you know I, I, I get we all come across ideas we watch documentaries we read amazing books people listen to this podcast thinking this is really intriguing and it's how do we how does the 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 person who's not got the site I mean I can get it if you're running an Ironman you've got mm -hmm. no choice if you don't do these as you said earlier if you don't do these things yeah. you aren't going to make it yes if I'm trying to run a I, I want to I want to, I'm, I'm thinking about the person listening to this, you know, I'm, I'm, most people listening to these podcasts, by the way, are already on track because they're already interested yeah, in personal no development. So I think I we can make that. an assumption here yeah. that there is a, some sort of quest for wanting to have a, be healthier, wealthier, wiser, yeah. whatever. So, but, but even so, though, you know, if you're not, you haven't got the size of the goal of an Ironman, mm. how do you keep that discipline to maintain, is it is it about building them in so they're like gentle habits every day? Yeah, it's, I, I think it's about making it, yeah making it easier to make succeeding easier. Make succeeding easier. Right. right. It may not be that you want to set mm. another goal, like I said earlier on. Maybe you want to do exactly what you're doing, but make it easier. So then, what are those daily disciplines? What am I doing? You know, again, I'll tap back to this Wim Hof. You know, method, if you like. Mm. It's not just his, but it's, it's packaged nicely. If you want to go and look at it, it's put together quite well. Um, if I do that on a daily basis, and I treat that 20 minutes a day, this sort of breathing strategy, like some people meditate, and that's just as equally, I'm sure, valid. Um, I treat that as part of my job. Uh, not even just part of the Ironman training, which is clearly obvious to me, because mm. it's, it's training my cardiovascular system and my ability to handle pressure, is how I see it, because it's going to be quite an overwhelming day. Right, so I think I'm preparing myself for that. Um, 
But similarly, back in the, in, the, in the corporate sector, it's exactly the same. You know, what am I training myself to be able to handle? You know, so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, strategies around that, the daily disciplines, 20 minutes, 20 minutes breathing in the morning, I see as part of my sales target. Because I know I feel better after and I feel more capable and, I, and I'm building the ability to handle, when I walk in and do a pitch or present, I feel generally more capable. Mm. I can't even put my finger on it, Martin, honestly. In the last, I haven't done this for 20 odd years and I've always been reasonably positive. Like, and, and, and this isn't about that, it's about being more capable from the inside out Right. To, to just it's got more authenticity to it. It feels it, feel, it feels less. It, it does. Feels, I think in I think as you alluded to earlier, when we first started out in this journey, we were very much in our heads. Yeah. Uh, we were very much. It's very much go go go. You know, almost like almost a sort of almost a slight disregard of any real kind of negative emotions. We just sweep them aside. Yeah. In reality, people do have emotions and they yeah. have to be dealt with. Yeah. This is this is more human. It's it is more human, yeah. and it's more sustainable, yeah, and it's more empathic yeah. to our human nature. I feel that's I feel that's the case. That's a good, nice observation. Um, you know, it's not be positive. It's it's not you can be whatever you want to be. You know, yeah, okay, fine. Keep that for the X factor, right? These mm. kids on there think they're going to change the world, and you go like, I appreciate your determination, your mm. your confidence is to be applauded, but you mm. know, you can't sing. You got to bring mm. something, and they go, mm. yeah, but I want it. Well, of course, mm. you want it. <laughs> we all want it, right? <laughs> But you need to know more than Try that. Try telling their mothers that. <laughs> exactly right. Go on, son, yeah. get up there. Yeah, and, and, you know, and you take that for what it's worth. But, in, but in, in our world, it's got to be more sustainable. This is about you know a, a lifelong approach to being able to, to not just get a job done and get a result, because that's, that's never going to mm. go anywhere. Um, it's a, you know, to me, it is about bringing these two things together, like we started with high performance and, and corporate well-being. Mm. Once you bring them together and you think about them, to your point, mm. you start noticing different things and what you what you need to work on to make those two things happen. And I think that I, I, I can see increasingly, you know, and I think we, we both do quite a lot of work with Deloitte and I think mm. we both met quite a few partners there that they're doing the same job as another partner, but they're like incredibly fit. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're just living their life. They're choosing to live their life. They're making different decisions. That's true. Uh, you know, big shout out for Don. Yes. Don Tantrum, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, he incredible individual, yeah. you know, super successful, global leader, um, yeah. but massive big CrossFit fan. And uh, he just he just makes different choices about the way he lives his life. When you ask him, you say, how do you do it? How, yeah. how do you? Because I think we associate success in, in the corporate world at the detriment of our health. Yeah or the detriment of our family. That's right. And I think that what is great about this sort of phase of thinking that we're going through at the moment, we're mm. addressing those things. People are coming to work, they want more meaning, more yeah. purpose. They want to do something that gives something back. Yeah. They're more conscious of the um, of their e environment. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, well, I mean, let's be honest, even as we speak right now with this terrible virus that's emerging around the world, it's getting us to think more deeply yeah. um, about you know, the way we protect ourselves. And, 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 it's and, going to teach us stuff. And enable ourselves to become stronger. Yeah. And, and genuinely, yeah. I mean, one of the fastest growing sports in the world are these adventure sessions, these like Tough Mudder. Mm. These, this is a big, this is a, mm. you know, a, a huge business that's mm. out there for people like you and I, who, who, who that isn't our life, but we mm. want a bit of pain mm. twice a year. Mm -hmm. We want to go and provoke ourselves to be able to see what I can handle. And I think mm. it's a good thing because we do need to be able to handle and look, 
coronavirus is a good example of this. Isn't mm. it? You know, it will attack your immune system. Mm. What are we doing to become stronger within exactly. ourselves? You know, in order to get not just get our job yeah. done, but just to just well, to al- already. I mean, you know, the whole hand washing thing. You know, I've heard you mm. know, people talk about that long before. Uh, David Brailsford always talked about it, in the cycling team. You know, yeah. wash your hands properly. Yeah. Don't spread diseases. Yeah. And so you, you, what? It's another example. Extreme situations teach us things. Yeah. Uh, that we didn't already know that are actually. Um, are all part of our existing mm. system. We've just got to tap into them. So this yeah. is what this body of work is all around. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's turning inward. Yeah. Uh, it's it's thinking about what natural things that we. It's not about taking. We haven't mentioned taking, you know, drugs or no, using some artificial substance. And that's the wonderful resources. thing about it. Yeah. It's it's a mind and physiological thing. I understand you are putting together a book. I am. And, so the uh, book is yeah, two thirds of the way done. Two thirds of the way, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you you've been out uh, speaking on stages. I understand you've got a speech around this particular yeah, subject. Yeah, I've done it many times, and I got a, a full day session as well as a slightly deeper dive. And that resonates with a with a corporate audience. They yeah, kind they're of loving it. They're loving it. Of course they are. Loving you, <laughs> loving it. Of course they are. Absolutely. Well, it's it's definitely t- it's definitely ticking a box. You know, it's it's a yeah. slight diversion from what. And look, it's not it's not a complete diversion from our world because we you know we know some, we've learned some things that are very useful to people. Mm. Um, but it's definitely an, an angle that uh, it's not just about rehashing old content because that's fine. I've got no problem with that because the content stands up through time. Um, it's just another a slightly different angle, accessing readily mm. available resources and going, "Whoa, I didn't know that about myself." Mm. Yes, I know I can set a goal and I get a vision and get motivated. Mm. I didn't really like to tap into that part of my nervous system mm. and therefore I handle things slightly better and it all feels more manageable. Mm. That I'm taking. Mm. Okay, so let's just in summary uh, mm. then, Jim, what, what kind of things, just to sort of yeah. crystallise people's thinking, and we talked about lots of things, yeah. how would you kind of summarise what the kind of key takeaways and lessons are that people yeah. can apply? Okay, well, I mean, I, I draw it down probably to just three or four simple things. One, you know, and things that will make sense that, that you'll relate to and you'll recognise. Because the, the, the thing about the work that we've done and the work that I'm truly interested in is that people recognise themselves in the content. That we don't, we're not teaching people, we're not telling them what they should or shouldn't be. That's not, we've never been our style. People sit there going, I see, I recognise myself in what you're saying. So mm. if I say, you know, there's three things to focus on. One, Yes, it's about vision and ambition, but it's about really committing to that. And, and I'll maybe tie it up in three C's, right? So commit is the first thing, obviously. Once you commit, you have to start to analyze your thinking. Once you commit to, commit to a vision or an ambition, your thinking will get challenged, your beliefs get challenged. You'll bump into beliefs like, can I, can't I, should I, shouldn't I? What would I have to do? Who have I got to become? You know, so once you get commit to the vision, then it's about connecting to the appropriate mindset and beliefs. Not what's right or wrong, what's a good thing to believe in this situation. And that's quite a heavy conversation to have with yourself, but, but essential. Um, so commit, connect. And then the third thing is about, it's about complete. And it is about completion. It's about getting it done. Right? And, and, and it's important that, I think, just for our own you know, sense of, of, of capability, that I've tried something, I've set something up. Even if, it's, if, if completion is getting the learning, if completion to me is getting you know, more resourceful, it may not be achieving the outcome, by the way. I could turn up at this Ironman in eight weeks' time. I could, I could choose not to do it, right, and still go, that's been a phenomenal two years. I completed my task, which was to get stronger, better, right, and to become more capable. Um, mm. I feel that to that be That makes case, sense to me. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to do it, clearly, because I have an ego, and it has to be done. 
But when I say complete, complete isn't getting it done. Complete is becoming the person you need to become that could get it done. All right. So you know, commit, connect, compete. Yeah, I like that. Complete. They're the three commit, things. Commit, connect, I, complete. They're the things I'm focusing on. Yeah, fantastic. That's been absolutely fantastic. Well, I would say from my own experience, uh, observing you over the last uh, eighteen months, has certainly been inspiration to me. As you know, I I've gone from. That running around tracks to on the riverbank to getting on a two-wheeled machine and, and uh, a little and charity ride too, by the way. charity yes. ride last year out to Paris with some uh, locals that, that um, should have been on a ride like that before but I certainly and we're, and we're trying to um, complete 2020 miles on a bike each this year as well so as part oh, of that brilliant. challenge in fact I'm going around the Isle of Wight tomorrow um, well, good luck uh, so it's um, but when I'm out there and I'm feeling the pain and I'm whinging about a mere little 50 miler, I do think about you. I do think about the... Glad to be of help. I do think about it. It's all about comparisons. I'm thinking, geez, come on, Martin, get yourself together. This is absolutely nothing. This is like just sort of a little start-up, get the limbs going ride for, for, for Jim. So, no, thank well, you for I that. I wish you was, but... Yeah, appreciate, so uh, it's, been absolutely, it's absolutely great talking to you, fantastic, and I, I wish for the audience listening to this that you get inspired even a tiny amount to go and listen and learn a little bit more, inquire in the direction you want to go. Those three things again, Jim, those three key words. Yeah, commit, connect, and complete. Well, uh, it, you know, commit, connect, and complete on learning something that uh, Jim has shared with you um, in this podcast. So delighted to have you here. Thank you very much. So there's been a slight gap in releasing these podcasts, but I'm absolutely determined to get back on to a regular commitment to delivering these podcasts. Please leave your comments and let us know what you think. That inspires us to do more of these podcasts and make sure we're delivering content that's relevant to you. And we wish you really well. Thank you very much for listening.